An old man goes to see Jesus at night to ask more, to find out who he is and what he's all about. And perhaps more importantly, what does all this mean for me? Welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. I'm Stuart and I get to be the minister here. And today in our worship, I'm joined by Anne and Jim Cowan and by Lindsay, who will play for us. Don't forget that the church is now open for worship each Sunday at 11am. You have to book, so if you would like to attend in person, then you need to phone Margaret on 01698 792 552. That's 792 552. As always, the food bank collection is between 1 and 2pm each Sunday at St Ninian's. As well as food, we would also welcome women's sanitary products, please. Let's listen now as Jim reads our scripture for us. This morning's reading is from John chapter 3, verses 1 to 17. Jesus teaches Nicodemus. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at me at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Amen. There's a moment for all of us. Sometimes it feels a bit like the Pentecost story where we read last week of a wind like a hurricane and tongues of fire. Other times It's more like the experience of Elijah on the mountain where God wasn't in the noise and the fury but instead was to be found in the still, small voice. However it happens, it does happen. A moment when we hear the call of God to leave our nets and follow him, just like those first disciples did years ago. The Church of Scotland has been meeting in General Assembly this week. The decisions made will have far-reaching consequences that will impact on every church in Scotland in some way. But that will be later. Today, I wanted to share some thoughts on the theme of the Assembly. 
and immediately they left their nets and followed him. That's not in our reading today. That story of Nicodemus coming to see Jesus in the night time to ask his questions and get some pretty surprising answers. But I think there's a pretty solid connection, so let's find out what it is. Nicodemus is a Pharisee. That's a group of leaders who had a particular view about God and scripture. There were other groups, like the Sadducees, who had differing views. They were a bit like our political parties. Anyway, both parties were pretty sceptical about Jesus, and one of the reasons the Pharisees didn't like him was that they thought the words of scripture were there to be preserved and stuck to. That had led them to a pretty black and white view of the world. And Jesus didn't seem very black and white at all. He kept doing things and saying things that bent and stretched the law. And Nicodemus wanted to know more. But his colleagues had already decided that Jesus wasn't to be trusted. So he had to go when nobody would see him. In the conversation, Jesus talks about being born again. That's a phrase that has stuck. It's, it's one we've all heard, and a bit like evangelical, which just means telling the good news about Jesus, born again has taken on a meaning that it really shouldn't have. Born again means a restart, a rebirth, a moment when we stop being one thing and become something else. That describes all kinds of things. A marriage is a bit like that. We arrive single and leave as part of a couple. An ordination is like that. Four years ago, I turned up here as mister and left as reverend. And no matter what job I have, I'll always be that, unless I get thrown out, of course. For all of us, there's a moment where we choose to respond, or not. A moment where we decide. For the disciples, it was the moment Jesus said to them, follow me. And immediately, they left their nets and followed him. That's one of those sentences that seems more of a description than anything else. They put down what they were doing and they went with him. But think for a moment about what has just happened. They were fishermen. Their whole identity was tied up in that. It was as much who they were as what they did. And they put down their nets. They laid down their identity and picked up a new one. From that moment on, they would be disciples. They could still fish, but they would be disciples who fished, not fishermen who were disciples. They were, in that moment, reborn. That rebirth comes with a challenge. To be disciples is not an easy thing. To be a follower of Jesus is not always straightforward. It's not without pain and it's no guarantee of success either. What it is, though, is an invitation to be transformed and in turn to play a part in the transformation of others and of the world. That's our identity. That's who we are. And it's time to get on with it because there's work to do.
I want to share with you today some words from the outgoing moderator, the very Reverend Martin Fair, from the opening day of the Church of Scotland's General Assembly. Moderator, for as long as I am part of the Church of Scotland and have any kind of voice within it, I will call on it to announce and to be good news to the poor, liberty to the captives, sight to the blind. To be present with the downtrodden and the marginalized and the oppressed, and as scripture has it, the least of these. Why? Because that's what Jesus was about. And I've no interest in being part of anything which isn't primarily focused on making real today that which Jesus set in motion. And what will all of that look like in practice? It will be what we call the mission of the church. And might I say the much talked about five marks of that mission. Here are the last three of these. They're on my phone as a constant reminder. Number three, to respond to human need by loving service. Number four, to transform unjust structures of society, to challenge violence of every kind and pursue peace and reconciliation. And the fifth one, to strive to safeguard the integrity of creation and sustain and renew the life of the earth. And so, in practice, I say this. Until the last food bank in Scotland is closed because there is no longer any need, we have work to do. For as long as there are children growing up in Scotland whose life chances are at best compromised and at worst ruined because of their postcode, we have work to do. Until we can find more productive and humane and effective ways of dealing with those who break our laws, but in truth are usually victims themselves, we've got work to do. And it goes on. For as long as there is planning for the detention of even the increase in numbers of nuclear warheads on our shores, there is work for us to do. For as long as many of our impoverished communities continue to be awash with drugs, and we Scots continue to have the worst drugs death stats in Europe, there is work for us to do. For as long as there are despairing people struggling with poor mental health, having to wait months and even years for suitable treatment, there is work for us to do. And among them, for as long as there are any who sense that darkness is their only friend, to quote the psalmist, and to resort to ending their lives, there is work for us to do. I know that both His Grace, the Lord High Commissioner, and the First Minister are with me on that. And for as long as we continue to pollute our rivers, poison our air, and fill holes in the ground with our waste, there is work for us to do. For as long as anti-Catholic, anti-Irish bile is spewed onto our streets by so-called football fans, there is work for us to do in this nation. 
until every person in Scotland and in those places where the Church of Scotland is present is treated according to who they are and not by the color of their skin and not by the place where they worship. There is work for us to do. For as long as people, predominantly young women, are trafficked into Scotland to work as sex slaves and in the -the off-the-books economy, there is work for us to do. And for as long as women of any age and from anywhere don't feel safe walking home at night, there is work for us to do. For as long as it's possible for someone seeking asylum, someone like Mercy Baguma, to die while supposedly in our care, there is work for us to do. For as long as there are lost souls sleeping rough in shop doorways, or families in dark, damp, substandard bread bed and breakfast style accommodation, there is work for us to do. And yes, though it be far off and over there, for as long as the skies over the holy lands are ripped open by another barrage of rockets and mortars, and the overwhelming superiority of attacks from the air in some small way, yes, even for us, there is work for us to do. That's what it will look like, all of that and more, for us to give ourselves to the ways of the kingdom as set out by Jesus in his, here's why I'm here, manifesto. And so for us too. But here's the problem. Unless we get our act together and rapidly, there's hardly going to be any church left to do all of that. I've heard it so many times that for the church it's not about numbers. It absolutely will be about numbers if the numbers are so low that the church can no longer run cross-reach or local caring services because the local church is no longer there. So I long for the church to be about the kingdom work, yes, but oh boy, how we need the church to be refreshed and renewed and revitalized and remade and yes, reformed, that it might do so more effectively. I long for an alive, vibrant church, a church that has traded in the lukewarm and instead is passionate in its love for Jesus in such a way that many others will want a piece of that action. I long for a church empowered as it worships, a church shaped by the Word, alive in the Spirit, a church that knows itself called and sent, a church that is confident in the gospel in the face of both hostility and indifference, a church that teaches and baptizes and nurtures new believers in Christ. In other words, all of the five marks of mission, we better see to one and two If we're going to be any good at three, four, and five, it all has to hang together. So even as we let go of some of what, sadly, has passed its sell-by date, let's commit ourselves to planting new Christian communities that are low on maintenance, high on impact. And let's be better at identifying and equipping and commissioning pioneers, those who will go and work on the margins, And let's commit to every part of Scotland, but at the same time, crack on with the well-equipped spaces in the right places plan. And so deal once and for all with 
and over dependence and abundance of buildings. And yes, mission to the whole of Scotland as per the third article, but maybe in new and creative ways, ecumenically for sure, and with an emphasis on Christian community and evangelical endeavor in every place. And let's get on with the reorganization that we've started out on. That the sooner we sort the structures, the sooner we get back to what really matters, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, the first of the marks of mission. Moderator, tomorrow is Pentecost Sunday, a day of fire. I believe the Holy Spirit is still in the business of starting fires. It's time for the church to start fanning those flames and to put away the fire extinguishers. The good news of Jesus Christ is not subject to a health and safety committee. Let the fire burn. That kind of church signed up to all that is meant by mission. I am absolutely up for that, and I hope and pray that the whole of the church indeed will be too. Moderator, thank you.
Compassionate One, we thank you for sending your Son among us, for washing us clean of our sin and guilt and offering us a new way ahead. Holy Spirit, you guide us to where we need to be and to do the work that needs to be done. We stand before you, anxious and afraid of what you will ask of us, but willing to take a risk and ready to serve. For children, women and men, in need of a safe place to stay, for food on the table, books to read, medicine to heal and money to pay bills, we pray, O Lord, send us to help them. For men, women and children, burdened by guilt and feelings of worthlessness, we pray, O Lord, send us to help them. For women, children and men, longing to know you and discover your love and call on their lives, we pray, O Lord, send us to help them. For all who have already answered the call and who serve you faithfully, using their gifts to help others, we thank you, O Lord. Whenever you ask, Whom shall I send? May we be ready to respond, Here I am, Lord, send me. We pray in the words you taught us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever. Amen. May the God who calls you, send you to live out that calling, and bless you on your way, now and forever. So we go with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, with us, with those whom we love and those we find hardest to love, today and always. Amen. Amen.